Showtime Sports presents Showtime Boxing with Eric Raskin and Kieran Mulvaney. Hello and welcome to another episode of Showtime Boxing with Raskin and Mulvaney with my co-host Eric Raskin. I am Kieran Mulvaney. We are now just one day away. Big Showtime doubleheader pay-per-view. Uh, Saturday is going to be a marathon evening. But Eric, I'm ready. Uh, this huh? buddy of mine told me all about these pills he's been taking. Um, they're called Black and King. Mm. They're from China, so I can't read everything on the packaging, but there are references to longer and harder, which I assume can only mean they help you stay awake longer and work harder. Um, anyway, Chinese pills from the internet. I don't really see any way this could possibly go wrong. I can overnight you some if you want. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know what? I was My instinct was to say I'll take a pass, but... Honestly, if you told me this black ant pill would keep me up for some late night boxing that I really want to see and will overpower my narcolepsy, count me in. I'll deal with whatever side effects there might be. Uh, in fact, full disclosure, I might have used some black ant to get through this week's podcasting schedule, which is uh, quite robust by our standards. Um, but uh, in case anyone doesn't know, we are throwing some shade at one Jarrell Big Baby Miller and, uh, you know... If you're a heavyweight boxer who's been popped for cheating, oh, about a half a dozen times, haven't you suffered enough embarrassment? You really need to pile on by claiming impotence. That's just bad personal PR strategy, if you ask me. Yeah, it really is. That's the the proverbial last throw of the dice right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Uh, today is our fourth podcast of the week, and it's our last chance, as I mentioned, to preview tomorrow's six-fight pay-per-view card on Showtime. Uh, we've managed to make it through three podcasts so far this week without giving any official predictions for the show. Well, that's going to change. We're, we're, we're predicting it all up. Uh, later on in this podcast, but we're going to stall just a little bit longer. Uh, we've just finished watching The Weigh-In uh, from Mohegan Sun, so we'll discuss that first, and then we'll get to our picks. And Eric, everybody made weight. <laughs> they did. They did. Uh, a drama-free weigh-in is a good weigh-in. Uh, we've probably said that before, but uh, it bears repeating here because, as you said, everybody made weight, all 12 fighters, in the COVID era particularly, to get six fights from announcement to weigh in with no issues, nobody dropping out, no backups needed. That's a serious accomplishment. Huge credit to everyone involved, the fighters, the trainers, everyone in the bubble for their professionalism. Uh, do you have any general observations, uh, Kieran, about the weigh in that you want to make before we go through the, the fights and weights real quick here? COVID face-offs suck. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those are not fun. The six feet away face-off, There's uh, that's not a face-off. It's it's really not. I mean, the Charlo brothers still managed to look pretty intense and mean anyway. But yeah, six feet apart, masks on. Yeah, it's it's kind of some traditions probably don't need to make it through the, uh, the through the pandemic. But there you go. But apart from that, no, I thought it went super smoothly. Everything was nicely organized um, to base it on the Luke Thomas approval meter. The best physiques were Duke, Micah and the Charlo brothers. Apparently, Luke 
getting pretty excited at times uh, during that weigh-in about the condition <laughs> of some of the fighters. Um, but yeah, but otherwise, nope, those are my general observations. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, let's uh, start then uh, with uh, Duke Micah, since you brought him up. He was the actually the first to step on the scale, and uh, I agree with you. And Luke Thomas, he looked ripped. Uh, sick abs in particular. He weighed 117.2 for his bantamweight fight against John Real Casimero, 117.8. By the way, credit to Jimmy Lennon Jr. for yes. his quick decimal to fraction conversions. Yes. He does those uh, with with no difficulty at all. Uh, but that was, those were the first guys on the scale. Again, I, I would say both made weight, but uh, you said that already everyone made weight, so I'll stop saying that anybody uh, actually made weight. It is implied here that all of these are under the limit or or at the limit in the case of Brandon Figueroa, who was 122 for his fight with Damian Vasquez, 121.4. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. In the first of the two main events, the main event of the first half of the card, middleweight fight Sergei Derevyanchenko, 159.4, and Jermal Charlo, 159.8. Uh, moving on to the second part of the card, it's Juan Carlos Payano came in at 121.6, Danny Roman 121.2, and if anybody who was on the scale of these 12 <laughs> looked a little soft, Daniel Roman, maybe just a tiny bit soft looking, uh, but no doubt in shape at 121.2, uh, Aaron Alameda 121.6 for his showdown with Luis Neri, who was 121.4. That was the only uh, fighter I would say that there was a little sigh of relief when he got off the scale, and he sure got off that scale in a hurry, I noticed. Um, and for the second main event, the final bout on the card, Jason Rosario 153.4 and Jermel Charlo. 153.8. I noticed that some of them stepped onto the scale with their masks on, and I was wondering if anyone comes in and ounce right. over, then does the mask come off? But uh, ended up being a non-issue, as I said, a very drama-free weigh-in. Uh, any of these individuals uh, and the way they looked on the scale worth uh, weighing in on. Oh, I didn't mean to make that pun, but I did, so there it is. There you go. Worth weighing in on, Kieran. I think uh, Luis Neri uh, weighed actually what he used to weigh for bantamweight fights. So, uh, <laughs> right. uh, so that was good. You know, what? it's funny. I ever so slightly held my breath when Rosario got on the scale because he looked just that little bit tentative to me, as if mm. he was expecting some bad news. But uh, no, everybody just came in just fine, just just under the limit, or like you said, or on. So we are all good. We are good to go. Yeah, and one other thing that I'll just mention. I kind of liked not having any posses on stage. This oh, is, good point. These were fighters by themselves, yeah. show, also showing up already down to their underwear pretty much, yeah. uh, so we didn't have to waste time with tracksuits coming off and going back on and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I liked almost everything about the streamlined uh, COVID-19 way, and except, as you point out, the, uh, the stare down. The, that's, that's just not the same. But the rest, you know, it, it worked yeah, for me. No, good point. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is almost time for our predictions. Uh, first, though, a quick note that you, the listener, can make your predictions and try to win some cash with the DraftKings Showtime Boxing Pick'em. Just go to DraftKings.com Showtime. It's free to play. You get to predict the winners and methods of victory and a few other prop bet type questions for all six fights. 
and the top five finishers split $5,000 and each get a coveted Showtime Boxing swag bag, which may or may not be signed by the hosts of the Showtime Boxing podcast. I'll end the suspense. It's not. Uh, still, it's a cool reward. Uh, and you can also compete for great season-long prizes. Again, go to DraftKings.com Showtime to enter. And now... After all that stalling, it is time to make <laughs> our picks. Kieran is clinging to a one-point lead, 34-33, entering this all-important card. We'll do the four undercard fights first. And Kieran, you pick first on John Riel Casimero versus Duke Micah. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. So I had a little bit of a feeling you know, before sitting down to do research for this, that this might be a relatively good upset pick. Um, but although I'd seen some of Casemiro and actually been ringside for one of his fights, uh, I, I'd seen nothing of Micah. So I set about to find some footage of him. I didn't find very much. Um, but what I did see did cause me to back away from my upset special here. It, it isn't that he that he looks like he's a bad fighter. I mean, far from it. Um, you know, he seems perfectly competent and capable all-rounder. He's quite compact. Um, the thing that bugged me was looking at some of his technique and especially his jab. Um, it's not a snapping jab. It isn't a thudding jab. It's a all too frequently a pushed jab. And, and it just makes me feel that like his fundamentals are really probably not quite there, um, on this kind of level. I've never been hugely sold on Casemiro, but he is a solid professional. He's been on a good run. Um, you know, he isn't going into the Hall of Fame. And if he ever does, ever does face Noe in way, he'll be wiped out. But if you're going to go up against him, you better have all your ducks in a row. And, and I just feel that the technical deficiencies and, and lack of high quality opposition will count against Micah. Um, I have, I prevaricated as to the nature of the win, but I think that he lasts the distance. I am going to go Casemiro by unanimous decision. Okay. Well, I am going to come out firing, Kieran. I'm getting this thing started in style. I like the underdog here. I'm, I'm picking the upset. Um, I'm only behind by one point, so I don't need to make a desperate move, but I do think it's worth a little gamble at some point to make up ground. So this feels like the spot to take a shot. Look, I love watching Casemiro fight. He is tremendous fun, and he's a really explosive puncher. He sits on his shots as well as anyone around. But he's inconsistent. He's a fighter that, if he doesn't take you out with the big bomb, well, he isn't necessarily piling up the points. Of his four losses, three are by decision. You can outbox Casemiro. The key is not to fight his fight. You stand still in front of him, you're in trouble. But from what I saw of Duke Micah, and you're right, there's not a lot out there, but what I saw seemed like he has a few different gears. I know he has a good amateur background, Olympic pedigree. What I saw seemed to show that he can box safe and often will early on and then turn aggressive when the time is right. He punches in combination, uses some head movement. I like how he doubles up the hook. Micah is definitely unproven, but I think he has the tools to pull off the upset. Now, maybe he gets caught with something big and blasted out. Very possible. But I'm going to say 
he outboxes and out hustles Casimero enough to win a 12 round decision. And, you know, as long as I'm making the weird upset pick, I'll make it even weirder and say majority decision. Micah earns it, but one judge hands in a funky even card. Uh, Got to predict a, a weird card or two over the course of yes. this uh, six bout event. Yes. CBS Sunday after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right. So we start with a little swing there, and uh, we go from a fight where I can absolutely see a path to victory for the underdog to one where, frankly, I can't. That's Brandon Figueroa versus Damian Vasquez, the first of our 322-pound fights. I'm not completely sold on Figueroa, although he is my favorite male Figueroa in boxing, as you know. Um, (laughs) But I'm sold enough that he gets by Vasquez, who just doesn't look to be a world-class prospect from what I've seen. That Josue Morales fight that I talked about earlier in the week that's that's there to watch on YouTube, that was troubling. Uh, yeah. I don't know how good a chin Vasquez does or doesn't have, but I expect Figueroa to dish out enough of a beating that the damage will pile up and the fight gets stopped. I think it'll go some rounds, but be fairly one-sided. Let's say Figueroa TKO 9. Yeah, look, from from what I've seen of Vasquez, and particularly watching, you know, that uh, Morales fight that you mentioned, he's he's a confident boxer, he's relaxed in the ring, but if anything, he's too relaxed. I mean, he keeps his hands awfully low, bloody hell. Um, Figaro is going to exploit the hell out of that. Um, You know, uh, I can see Vasquez kind of coming forward, trying to box. Figueroa, for all that he's, you know, a lanky guy who could well box from the outside, so frequently likes to, to get stuck in there. I think he's going to do that. He's going to see all kinds of openings for him there. He's going to beat him up. Um, I, I see a situation probably where, where Vasquez sort of comes in and he moves in in straight lines too, it looks like Vasquez. Mm. I see him kind of trying to come in, move out, and Figueroa by then will have timed him with a left hook. Crack. It's going to be good night, Irene, in round six. Okay. Bit quicker than I predicted. Yeah, yeah. The next fight up uh, on the pay per view is Jamal Charlo against Sergei Derevianchenko. But as uh, Eric mentioned, we're going to save the twins for last. So next up in the picks, uh, Danny Roman and Juan Carlos Payano. Um, it is no knock on Payano that I personally consider this one of the easier picks on the card, at least in terms of selecting a winner. As I mentioned in our preview, I'm, I'm really, really high on Danny Roman. Look, Payano is a good pro. Um, you know, he's, he's got a win over Damian Vasquez. Uh, he's got wins over Mike Planilla, Rasheed Warren, Alselmo Moreno. But it feels like he, you know, he had the opportunity to sort of take it up to that extra level. And he, and he really hasn't done. Um, he's 36 years old. He's had a lot of amateur bouts, too. Uh, he's a come forward guy, which I think will really play right into Roman's ability to just stand his ground. And, and he counter punches with punches, Roman. Um you know, he's a lefty, and Roman is super used to facing southpaws, um, and he can switch it up himself. One day, Danny Roman's penchant for being in grueling fights will catch up to him, but I think it's all going to catch up to Piano first. Uh, 
Roman won't finish it early. He never finishes fights early. Right. But I think this will be a punishing fight, and particularly punishing on Payano. And Roman grinds him down and stops him in round eight. Okay. Um, I like this fight because I like any Danny Roman fight. Uh, right. But I would have liked it a lot more a couple of years ago. Roman is in his prime at 30. Payano is 36, and his prime was a weight class or two below this and a good five years or so ago. He's still a solid fighter, but stopped by Inoue, stopped by Neri. He can't beat the elites at this point. And Roman is at least on the fringe of being among the elites. That said, uh, as a puncher, Roman is is no Inoue and he's no Neri. He's not a real heavy-handed guy. I'm going to create a little swing here from you by saying that I think the veteran Payano can last the distance. It's a fast-paced fight, good action. Payano is there to hit and be hit, uh, but Roman is clearly the, getting the best of it. That's the kind of fight I see developing. Maybe 118-110 type of scores, unanimous in Danny Roman's favor. And next up is the last of our undercard fights, Luis Neri versus Aaron Alameda. Battle of Unbeatens, combined record of 55-0. and 0. And let me be the millionth person this week to declare Neri the biggest talent, highest upside guy on this undercard. Mm. Uh, Alameda is a good young fighter. I love the body punching. I'm not going to knock him. I like what I see, but Neri is going to be too much. I'm not sure Alameda is defensively sound enough to take what Neri is dishing out in a good, hard, physical fight. Neri separates himself after a close first several rounds. I'm going with Neri by knockout in round seven. Okay. So I am going to take your crazy Casemiro Micah pick and race you. Wow. <laughs> Look, the, e- the easy pick here is Luis Neri um, for all the reasons you've, you've stated. But um, perhaps driven to madness by the intoxicating power of my one-point lead. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to take a completely left-field uh, pick here. It feels as if just about every pay-per-view card has at least one fight where something goes all kind of kiddywampus. And at almost every fight since lockdown ended, at least one of the judges has gone a little too hard on the Tylenol PM. <laughs> and... It stands to reason, ergo, that a six-fight card in the COVID era is going to have at least one strong WTF moment. And for no re- greater reason than I, too, have been drinking Tylenol PM since I woke up this morning. Uh, I'm D- going Don't, to don't go- mix Tylenol PM with Black Ant, okay? Let me, let me just uh, <laughs> yes. put that down no, to I'm you and our whole audience. Flaving right. out for the Saturday. Okay. Um, so uh, for what... Uh, for, Basically, for no other reason than that, I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know what? Something weird is going to happen in this fight. Hmm. Um, And to be fair, if you were to pick a fighter on this card for whom something would go wrong, it isn't a terrible guess for Luis Neri. He's a fantastic puncher, a very good fighter. He absolutely should win this. But look, Baggage follows this guy around, you know, like a lost luggage person (laughs) at the airport or something. (laughs) I, I didn't pass my analogy exams, but no, anyway, look, no. just yeah, indeed. Um, it's late. It's late in the week. I forgive you. It is. It is, and I haven't started the black ant dosing. Correct. Yet. So, um, I think something's going to happen. I think there's going to be either a, a head clash or some such that brings this to a premature ending. Premature because somebody wasn't taking their black hand. <laughs> um, or a couple of judges are going to be asleep at the wheel, or both. Mm-hmm. So I think somebody's going to get cut badly from an accidental butt. Beyond four rounds, it goes to the cards, 
Alameda, as you sort of suggested might happen, gets off to a surprisingly good start where it's surprisingly close. Some judge completely screws it up. Maybe a couple of them do. And somehow Alameda winds up with a completely unexpected technical decision win. Um, or there's some kind of other weirdness that turns this into the first of a Louis Santana, Terry Norris trilogy or something. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with a simply just to, to be out there. All the cards suggest that Luis Nari should wipe the canvas with, with Aaron Alameda, but I'm going to go Aaron Alameda by an utterly bizarre technical decision. Right. And I think that is the most out there pick either of us have ever made. <laughs> Could well be. Uh, I don't uh, agree with the pick, obviously, but I uh, admire the cojones uh, that you're showing in making it. Thank you, sir. Um, all right. Let's go to the Bill Toppers. I'm not going to mess around with, with these. Uh, and the Charlo Twins. Uh, we will start with the main event of the first half of the card. Jamal Charlo against Sergei Doravianchenko, a middleway. Uh, it says a lot, I think, for both of the brothers. You could make a case that their fights are the hardest to pick on this card. Um, I, I think you brought it up during our conversation with Raul Marquez that, that Jamal is the somewhat less tested of the two brothers. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd agree with that, certainly at middleweight, especially, you know, it's, um, this is actually a big step up in class for him at 160. But the same is not true for Drevianchenko, who, as we all know, has gone 12 rounds with both Daniel Jacobs and Gennady Golovkin. Um, you could look at the box rack and say, oh, well, Drevianchenko has proven that he's extremely, that he's very good, but not quite good enough. But if you saw the fight, you would know that that wasn't necessarily true. And perhaps if he'd been able to stay on his feet in the early rounds, he might have actually come away with better than 0-2 than against those two guys. Um, here's the thing, though, and, and, and Luke and, and BC noted this during, during the weigh-in. Charlo's a big, tall middleweight, and certainly bigger and taller than Derevianchenko. He's a real athlete. Um, that's going to be a factor here. I, I think maybe after a slightly tentative start, I see Charlo being able to keep Derevianchenko at a distance um, uh, and really put some meat behind his punches to get Sergei's respects, keep him off him. I think we're going to see Derevianchenko get lump, lumped up. And by about the halfway point, we're all going to start marveling at how much of a statement Charlo is making. But Derevianchenko won't be done. He's going to find his way to work his way inside. He's going to start putting that pressure on. And in the later parts of the fight, Charlo's going to be sucking wind a lot as Derevianchenko makes his late charge. But... At the very end, Charlo, realizing that it's in danger of getting away from him, digs his feet into the canvas, lands a beautiful uppercut on Derevianchenko, finishes it in round 12. Okay. Uh, we, are, we are close to on the same page here, but not exact. Um, I found it interesting when we had Breadman on a couple of weeks ago. You remember he said he'd just come from the casino where he was betting on Jamal Charlo. Uh, not the Charlo Parlay or Charlay, as he had thought about when uh, we brought it up previously, but just Jamal. Uh, he was a little less sure of Jermel at his price, but he loved the price on Jermel against Derevianchenko. I've seen him as low as minus 154 in this fight, and he might indeed be safer than that. Uh, although uh, the bet I love is Jermel by KO, TKO, or disqualification, which is about a four to one payout. Um, and so that is what you're predicting is uh Jermel by, uh, by KO, TKO there in the 12th. Uh, I'm going to not pick the same round, but I'm going to do the same. I'm taking Jermall to do what Triple G and Danny Jacobs couldn't to make that statement to detonate the bomb on Derevianchenko's chin. Uh, actually, it was his temple, uh, looping rights to the temple that dropped him in both the Jacobs and Golovkin mm -hmm. fights in round one. And uh, 
Jamal has a serious looping right hand himself. I think he lands one that Drevyanchenko never sees. Uh, you put, you called an uppercut. I'm going with the, the looping overhand right. I think it's going to be not to the temple, but right on the button. Also late in the fight, Drevyanchenko is starting to get tired and wearing down, and that punch lands and he can't get up. I've got Jamal Charlo KO 10. So I wasn't terribly tempted to pick the upset there. It crossed my mind, but uh, never came too close to doing it. Uh... I was very tempted to pick the upset in the other Charlo fight, to pick Jason Rosario, to beat Jermel Charlo, because there's a part of me that thinks Rosario, just 25 years old, is just starting to hit his peak and to find himself as a fighter, and that the guy who lost to Nathaniel Gallimore three, four years ago, he doesn't exist anymore. Rosario is really intriguing to me as about a plus 350 underdog at the sports books, but straight up for the purposes of this picks competition where I'm not getting three and a half to one points on my pick, I can't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, I think this looks like the Tony Harrison rematch. You know, good, close fight. I could maybe see both guys going down and getting back up. But in the end, Jermel has too many weapons for him and catches him with something big to avoid a close call on the scorecards. For Jermel, I said KO10. For Jermel, I'm saying the exact same. Twin tenth round knockout oh, wins nice. for the Charlos. Nice. Uh, yeah, this was a hard one for me to pick. Um, you know, you mentioned Breadman, and I keep coming back to that Breadman quote that we discussed the, the other day that Rosario is really good, but he may not be as good as J Rock made him look last time out. Um, he's very, very strong. He's very aggressive. He's going to ask some real questions of Jamel here. I think Jamel's going to try to box him initially, and he might have some success with that early, but it's not going to be long before Rosario makes him fight his fight. I think Rosario is going to turn this into his kind of fight. It's going to turn into a, a, I think a pretty violent and spectacular slugfest in the end. And the boxing is going to somewhat go out of the window. It's going to be Rosario's kind of fight, but Jamel's going to be the one to land the punch out of nowhere that ends it. And I think he's going to do that a little earlier. I think it's going to come in the seventh round. All right. So am I correct that on among six we fights, not we did not, I don't think we had an exact same pick on anything. We did, did we? not. We did oh. not. Hmm. Unprecedented. <laughs> Almost as exciting as the fights themselves is our little picks competition. Almost. Almost. But not. And to see just how exciting the fights are, you will have to tune in to the pay-per-view. Uh, all six fights on uh, Showtime pay-per-view beginning at 7 Eastern and Pacific. And don't forget that if you are enthralled and excited by our little picks contest, as a reminder, you can make your own uh, picks on DraftKings.com slash Showtime. Uh, we will be back on Monday morning with our post-fight analysis of the entire six-fight card. Until then, enjoy the fights. Thanks very much for listening all through this week. Be safe. Mind.